we're actually growing the fertility for our crop in the aisles where I walk and where the tractor runs. And so we don't mow it all at once because this is a great harbor for all the beneficial insects that are our biological control of any pests that might show up. So we mow those aisles as we need to, and we put all the, those clippings from the diverse pastures right into where we're going to grow crops. And that slow release of the breakdown of the organic matter from those aisles is what creates the fertility, slow release fertility for the next crop. And I till that matter under in the first couple inches of the soil. And so that is climate smart farming. And if you go to Washington DC right now, every single representative has been trained by the chemical lobby to say that chemical no-till is climate smart. Organic farmers will never be climate smart. This, they said this to my face, because you till. So they just don't know what organic farming is anymore. And that's what the Real Organic Project is trying to help spread the word. Education is so much a part of what we do. Welcome to the Real Organic Podcast. I'm Lindley Dixon, co-director of the Real Organic Project. We're a grassroots farmer-led movement with an add-on organic food label to distinguish organic crops grown in healthy soils and organic livestock raised on well-managed pasture. You're about to hear a recent talk that I gave on the stage at the beautiful round barn at Churchtown Dairy, just outside of Hudson, New York. This talk opened the Saving Real Organic Conference, which was put on by activist Abby Rockefeller. Abby hosted this conference in the beautiful cathedral-like round barn located on the grounds of her grass-based raw dairy. She's been a tireless organic advocate in her own right and a great supporter of Real Organic Project. Thank you everyone for being here. This is kind of like a wedding for me where I see so many familiar faces and, and getting everybody that I love in the same room is so exciting. Um, I don't see my talk up. If you are speaking and you would like a headset, just make sure that you go over um, a couple minutes before your talk starts. So thank you everybody for coming. This is my farm. I'm uh, Lindley Dixon from Southwest Colorado, the co-director of the Real Organic Project. And I don't need to spend a lot of time probably explaining to you why I'm so proud of this picture, um, because I feel like I'm speaking to the choir. I, I think most people notice that there's very little bare dirt on this farm and it's May. Uh, you can see because there's frost cover over all the crops. And if you fly over the country or drive through the country in April or May or any time in the winter, what you're mostly seeing is bare dirt. And there might be some extra crop residue on the surface now because no-till is a big thing. And so everybody's spraying herbicides across the field in the fall and leaving that residue on the top. And that's now climate smart farming according to the USDA. But there's more herbicide use under this no-till farming. And there's more fertilizer runoff because the cracks in the soil where the surface applied fertilizers just run right through straight to the drainage 
uh, tiles and out into the waterways. So our climate smart farming, according to the USDA, uh, is even worse than what they had before. And the main point that I want you to understand today after hearing all these farmers talk is that farmers really know what is good for the land. And we should be the ones that are defining the standards, defining what organic is. And before the USDA ever had control of the word organic, we were the ones that wrote that law. Even before that, we had our regional chapters and we formed all these certification groups and we were writing the standards. And so our whole project is an attempt to get back to that uh, farmer-led aspect of the organic movement. And so what you see here, uh, I could spend 20 minutes just on this one slide, but we're actually growing the fertility for our crop in the aisles where I walk and where the tractor runs. And so we don't mow it all at once because this is a great harbor for all the beneficial insects that are our biological control of any pests that might show up. So we mow those aisles as we need to, and we put all the, those clippings from the diverse pastures right into where we're going to grow crops. And that slow release of the breakdown of the organic matter from those aisles is what creates the fertility, slow release fertility for the next crop. And I till that matter under in the first couple inches of the soil. And so that is climate smart farming. And if you go to Washington DC right now, every single representative has been trained by the chemical lobby to say that chemical no-till is climate smart. Organic farmers will never be climate smart. This, they said this to my face, because you till. So they just don't know what organic farming is anymore. And that's what the Real Organic Project is trying to help spread the word. Education is so much a part of what we do. So it's not just a label. Um, we're trying to kind of reawaken the farmers and the organic movement and say we are all uh, responsible for what the word organic is and we can't leave it to the USDA to define anymore. Uh, Helen Keyes is a real idol of mine. Uh, she's a board president of the Cornucopia Institute where I started. And uh, she has a wonderful video um, that you can find on our newly launched website uh, tomorrow that um, talks about what's happened to dairy in this country. Organic dairy used to be this haven from the conventional dairy where there was so much consolidation. And all of a sudden, family farmers were making a living because organic dairy really has scale limitations. There's only so far you can move a, a, a cow from the milking barn out to find something to eat and get it back to milk again. And you have to move further and further away from the milking barn as they eat. And so this is very scale limiting. The bigger the herd is, the more pasture gets eaten around the milking barn. So for a long time, uh, organic family farmers were growing. And it wasn't until uh, farmers started to realize that the USDA was not enforcing their standards anymore. They weren't getting those. Uh, so the paperwork says that the farmers were getting the cows out to pasture. But the reality was that they weren't going out to pasture. And the same consolidation that happened in the chemical farming is now happening in organic. And we are losing uh, a family farms, uh, especially in organic dairy across the country. So I met my co-director, uh, Dave Chapman, uh, there on your right. And he's there with Senator Leahy, who wrote the organic uh, 
standards uh, back in 1990. And uh, we were part of a rebel alliance of farmers that at the time, before it was the Real Organic Project, was called Keep the Soil Inorganic. There I am protesting with a bunch of farmers. This is where I got to meet a lot of the people in the room. Uh, these were at the national organic meetings. And we were protesting the certification of hydroponic at the time, which had never been allowed according to the standards, but the NOP was doing it anyway. And I feel like I need to define what hydroponic is, because if you write a lot of the hydroponic companies, they say, we don't grow hydroponically. And they, they don't tell you the details are, well, all of our fertility comes from liquid fertilizer, but we don't call it hydroponic because we're growing in containers. So they're just outright lying to our face. Why are they lying to us? This is what this looks like. And, and here's you know, a direct quote from their customer care service. So I think they're lying because um, the organic community and, and the law actually knows that organic farming is, and Elliot taught me this, is a simple definition for organic farming is adding organic matter to the soil. And you can't do that in a container when all the feed, all the fertilizers coming in liquid form. But I think they lie because they know it's against the law. So here is the standing recommendation from the National Organic Standards Board that, that hydroponics is not allowed. But according to the USDA and according to Driscoll's and Wholesome Harvest and all the companies that do this, they're container growers. I think they're also lying because they know that eaters don't want hydroponic food. I think a lot of us are getting smart and we know that there's better taste and nutrition if it comes from the health of the soil. If it's sold, they would put it on the label, for sure. So we are in a situation now in the US where there are growers in Holland that are shipping organic certified peppers that are hydroponic to the US but if they were to sell them in their own country or anywhere in Europe or anywhere else in the world, they would be conventional peppers. We all know in this room that the organic mantra is healthy soils lead to healthy plants, lead to healthy humans, and a healthy planet. And so this is who we are. This is the dairy in my own state of Colorado that's getting certified as organic with 10,000 cows <laughs> I, I have a lot to say about this because they're draining aquifers in order to irrigate pastures that they're then just haying and bringing to the cows in confinement. This is what's driving out the family farming in our country. This is what organic dairy should look like. You'll see it today. This is what real organic poultry looks like. We're moving the poultry because their um, manure is actually fertilizing the pasture. And if we leave them there, that will become bare dirt. And so the real organic standards require that there's pasture, which basically requires that the poultry are moved because if they're not moved, you know, you're going to lose what's green. And so this, is, this basically doesn't exist anymore because this is what's getting certified as organic. This is a two-story confinement barn, and the outdoor access that's required by law for poultry is a tiny cement porch off of these buildings. 
you know that these chickens aren't getting out because it's a two-story building. And so this is still, even though we we're working uh, on policy reform, this is still getting certified as organic. And look what it's called, green meadows. So they know what you want to eat, but it's not honest. We uh, were there protesting other things besides hydroponics. Uh, we were protesting fraudulent grain that was both domestic and imported. And I don't want to come across as um, everything in organic is bad. Everything in my cupboard is organic. And we need a way to be able to put people in jail when they cheat. And that's what organic gives us. But we need enforcement to happen. So this was six years ago. We added up either the fraud that was real fraud or just the lack of enforcement, which I believe is also fraud. And, and organic is a $60 billion industry. And six years ago, we added up to be about $6.5 billion. So a tenth of what's certified organic should not be certified at all. And that is having a real impact on the family farmers, the smaller scale farmers that are trying to compete with this. And so I know things haven't gotten any better, especially when it comes to hydroponic. The industry has really grown. People are seeing a lot of money. They can get certified organic simply by switching the fertilizer solution that they use. So there's a real influx to put um, tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, greens, herbs, all out of business. The Washington Post covered all of these issues in a series, uh, excellent investigative journalism, a series of reports that came out in 2017. And nothing's changed. And everybody in this room knows that there is a nutritional difference in the food based on how it was raised. So this is just the eggs that come off of my farm from being exposed. The, the diet of the, of the uh, chickens is pasture. A third of it can be greens and uh, insects. And it makes a difference. You can see it. They can also put pepper flakes or marigold you know, in, in their feed and change the color and fool you. So you really need to know the story of where your food comes from. And that transparency is completely gone right now. So that's what we're trying to bring back. The um, Washington Post also took a look at that huge uh, mega dairy's milk and they tested for healthy oils. And Aurora Dairy there is the one that looks like all the conventional milk. And the one furthest on your left are the healthy oils from the pasture-raised milk. So not only are the farmers going out of business, but you're getting cheated uh, for, for healthy food. We're all getting cheated. Um, I don't have a dairy on my farm, right? So I have to figure out how to get healthy milk. Um, so I'm pretty outraged. I was there protesting with a lot of other farmers. And, and we have some incredible people behind us. This is Vanada Shiva and Shelley Pingree, who we just found out is stuck in Washington, D.C., but it was supposed to be here today talking about the power of the chemical lobby. This is Jack Algier, who runs Stone Barns and gave a fabulous tour yesterday of their farm. And I also want to point out that when we tried to restrict hydroponic growing in these containers, there were seven NOSB members at the time that really fought to make sure that we would limit the amount of fertility that was allowed in containers. And so even though the law is on our side, 
Seven out of the 15 NOSB members were on our side, and it would be fewer now because five of them are real farmers, and that is becoming more and more rare because the USDA screens the current NOSB members. They tell us, you know, the process, and they get asked, you know, what is your opinion on hydroponics? Because they know this is such a controversial issue. So the real farmers know what organic is. This is Jim Riddle uh, testifying, and this was so fun to be at these organic meetings because for the first time, farmers were at these meetings, and uh, normally it's just input suppliers, either input it into your food or inputs uh, for the fertilizers and pesticides that can be allow allowed in organic, but soil got the farmers there, so these were really fun meetings. And I want to read this Seth Godin quote. He said, a project begins with a protest that ends with, we'll be back tomorrow, and we're bringing our friends. And that's what the Real Organic Project is. So here is the original 15-member standards board that wrote the add-on standards to what now defines uh, a Real Organic Project certified product. And here we are. These are all farmers. Maybe there's... Uh, Alan Lewis is right there and works for Natural Grocers through the supply chain. So a couple other, but, you know, uh, 11 of us were farmers, and, and that's the goal. And this is Ariel Edwards, and uh, Avril worked on my farm. She's on the right, and so we have this incredible team of young inspectors that's visiting the 1,100 farms that are now certified to these really high standards. One of the questions last night was, Obviously, this should be everywhere. You guys are amazing. When is this going to explode? And I said, I don't know how quickly it's going to grow because the standards are set so high so that the whole farm has to be certified organic. So we already lose a lot of people that would like to be part of this movement. But we say, come back. You're part of us, but figure out how to get your whole farm certified organic because there's confusion under the same labels. And fraud is more likely to come in if you're not a whole farm uh, certified organic. And most people, once they start farming organically, they believe in it, and they don't want to farm that way anymore, and they know it works. So come back to us when you've certified your whole farm. And because those standards are set so high, it's going to take us a while to make it to the shelves. And our goal isn't to make it to the shelves. Our goal is to have a really high-integrity label that people can believe in. So there, there are farms all across the country, uh, 1,100 of us, and, and uh, this is the end of our sixth year. And we have a partnership with Naturaland in Europe. So right when I started, I had the opportunity to go to Europe and study what an add-on label was. And it was funny because they thought we were so crazy for not doing this here. The big difference in Europe and why the standards are so high there, why organic has so much meaning, they've pledged to be, by 2030, to be... 30% organic, or it's 25% organic, and then a 50% reduction of chemical use overall. And in this country, we're just at 1% of the land, and the USDA is against this policy in Europe. And so I went over there to say, what, what is going on? Why is it working so well here? And it's just a mess over in the US. And they said, because we kept our farmer-led standards so we actually have add-on labels to the U organic, these regional labels that are defined by the farmers. Why didn't you guys do that? All of our regional labels just started uh, enforcing the USDA standard, and we were told you can't go beyond that. So we are bringing this add-on concept 
to the U.S. Unfortunately, we're 20 or 40 years behind. Natural Land's 40 years old uh, behind them. So it's going to take a while to build this with integrity here. Oh, I'm sorry. The... Um, that, that wasn't a high-quality picture, but I just want to run through in the last couple minutes here uh, some pictures of what our farmers are doing. So um, you, you can kind of see who we are, um, and we're, we're all across the country. One of the points I want to make when I do this is that our label is free to farmers, and we already carry the burden of having to prove that we don't use chemicals and paying for that inspection, when clearly we're going to live in a world someday where when you buy a pesticide, you are then registered to get an inspection to use it properly. It should be the other way around. There should be an ingredients label on the back of every package with all the pesticides that were used, instead of us having to pay to prove that we don't use any. How backwards is that? So we put on a lot of educational things like this. We have an amazing podcast. We write a letter every week that is forwarded by all of our uh, followers. And so please do that. Read the letter and then forward it, because that, that's how this grows. And I wanted to stop on this slide, because in spite of the fact that the USDA is telling all of the inspectors that you must certify these CAFO uh, cement porches, and you must certify hydroponics. There is a group of certifiers that are refusing to do that. And so we are part of this group that is publicly saying, we're together in this. We are not going to follow the USDA. And they are putting themselves at great risk by doing this. And uh, they're also losing money. I mean, it's against their best interest because you get money to certify according to how much these operations make. And these operations are huge. You, you saw the double-story barns, right? So when they say no, they're not getting that check, uh, which is based on the gross amount that that, um, that company's making. So it, they're going against their own uh, self-interest in order to follow the law. Uh, here, here's the label in the marketplace out in the wild. We have a text thread that's uh, with all our inspectors. When we see the label out in the wild, we text each other, and it, it is hitting the store shelves. Uh, the last story I want to tell, because I see that my time's up, is um, what Michael Pollan uh, said. And he said, I think that this battle against hydroponics came five years too early. People had no idea what was wrong with it. They didn't see the connection between soil health and climate. So I'm sorry, you guys, but you're five years too early. And I told that story to Dave. Actually, maybe Michael Pollan told it to you, and we shared. We talk every day for a couple hours. And he said, no, you know, we were 20 years too late. Um, you know, we're we're going to have to do a lot of makeup here for not uh, keeping the farmers involved in the standards. But I just wanted to point out that I think that is always the case, that the farmers, the organic farmers, see things first. And you are now part, by, by you know, following the work of all of these farmers across the country, of seeing things first, seeing that no-till, 
with chemical use is not climate smart, right? That's not a popular thing to go out and say. Hey, all you no-till farmers, tillage is okay, right? If it's done smart, if it's done so that you're growing your own fertility on the farm, if it's done to incorporate some organic matter. Everybody here is trying to figure this out, and it's not popular to go out there and say these things that we see because we're farming the land and we know what works. But it's the right thing, and I think these conversations are hard. And I'm going to challenge you to have them. Go into your stores and say. And, and Elliot Coleman actually goes in with a label and puts hydroponic on all the stuff that he thinks is hydro hydroponic. So maybe that'll give you some courage. But um, have these tough conversations and and read the letters so that you can hear what the farmers are seeing. Uh, before it's it's hitting the streets, and and be part of this soil health conversation because it's not an easy one to have, and the education that you need, um, it, it's going to take a long time. Our podcasts and our uh, virtual symposia that we have, it, I listen to these over and over and over again, and I keep learning. These are great minds coming together. So challenge yourself to get educated. Challenge yourself to have these conversations with people don't know and meet them where they're at, and we'll see if we can uh, make this thing explode before, um, you know, this is the work of generations, I do believe, but but before um, we all kind of lose uh, hope because it's it's hard work, right? We we know this is the right thing, and I do want to see the label on all the shelves, but just know that this is going to take time if we have integrity. I know that we are on the right path, so join that path. Thank you for being here. <laughs>